Hello everyone, Rod here. With COVID-19, we as sales reps, managers, and leaders are facing a new challenge on top of the many obstacles that were already in front of us. As we posted online recently, my team and I are committed to helping you any way we can so you can not only survive, but thrive in these crazy times. There's a lot that you cannot control right now, but there are plenty of things that are within your control. And one of those is how you spend your time. As part of our plan to continue to help seed reps and ag sellers, we are releasing some of our best online training videos and podcasts that you can watch or listen to on your computer or smartphone. You can watch them when you're stuck inside or listen to them while you're driving. My team and I decided to release some quick hit podcasts to help you prepare for the upcoming planting season. Whatever it may occur in your neck of the woods, it's going to go and it's going to go fast. In this particular podcast, you're getting an exclusive snippet of step number two of the blueprint title, Following the Planter, or also known as the First Use Visit. That's a term we use when applying the strategy to other business sectors like livestock or crop inputs, crop protection, and so on. This is an audio from our most recent Seed Seller Blueprint Live session in Minneapolis, Minnesota this past January. So please enjoy, stay healthy out there, and happy learning. Welcome to this episode of Seed Seller Academy Podcast, sponsored by the Seed Seller Blueprint Live, the number one program on how to sell to farmers. We teach salespeople how to make selling easier than ever before. We show them how to take price, the need for programs, and the need for proof of performance out of the conversation, and get the producers to not just buy, but follow their lead. As smart as today's farmers are, things are changing so fast, they don't know what they don't know. So not only do we make selling easier, we show sellers how to help farmers raise higher yields than they ever thought possible or could do on their own. This episode is also brought to you by the Sales Handling Objection Playbook. How do you respond when a farmer says you got beat by 20 bushels this year? Do you have any test plot data? It's too early to order. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Or my personal favorite, I can save $40,000 in seed costs by buying your competitor's seed cheaper. The Handling Sales Objection Playbook gives salespeople a step-by-step -step process, including word-for-word -word scripts on how to handle the most common comments and objections farmers give salespeople who call on them. Just go to the rcthomas.com playbook to purchase this exclusive training tool today. We don't teach the old way of doing things. We teach the 21st century way farmers buy. We're the only source for that kind of information. All right, do you know how to find time to visit planters, drills, whatever you want to do. It's also called the first use visit. In other words, you're going to use your product for the first time, no matter what it is. If you sell fertilizer or crop protection or whatever, you can be there for the first time he uses it. It's called the first use visit also. If, you're in the, if you sell feed, for example, are you going to that first truck out there, first time he buys feed from you, he might buy, buy, buy uh, petroleum product, might buy, buy diesel fuel from you. You'll be on that first truck out there uh, when, he, when he pulls on the yard. How to get customers to stop planting when he's in a hurry. What to do if your seed is not being planted when you stop by. 
You know how to get customers to make changes. You know what to do if the planner operator won't follow your recommendations. You know what to do if the owner is not operating the planner. You know which planners to visit first. You know, and uh, you don't need to be a planter expert to do this. That's the key. I can't set these planners. I used to be decent at planning. I'm not. Can't do that stuff anymore. I don't tend to. That's his job. Well, I'm going to identify what the what the problems are. All right. So a customer development strategy again. This is all this is. And the number two customer contact of the year. So in our literature right now, because uh, you might find where it says number one uh, customer contact of the year, it is not. It's number two con uh, customer contact of the year. So planning customers is a term on page 37. Uh, I coined many years ago to describe the act of being at a customer's planter 10 to 15 minutes in the spring when he's planting your seed. It's the number two customer contact of the entire sales year because all the positive changes that take place when the visit is done correctly. The real value of a planter visit is not based on just getting the seed planted. That's an important factor. But the most rewarding part of the planter visit comes when the sales rep sets the date to start the grower's cropping plan prior to harvest. This takes the grower out of the ag cycle and puts the seller back in control of his time and his business. The number one purpose of visiting customer planters in the spring is to get the customer out of the ag cycle and on the sales rep schedule. When that happens, all the benefits come with it. Visiting a customer at his planter is an important enough strategy for you to spend as much time preparing for the visit as possible. Sales reps need to pre-plan, prepare, and practice prior to the executing the strategy. There's also one very important reason why preparation for the planter visit is so important. When the planner visit is done right, the customer will think about what you did and what you talked about during, their, uh, about during those brief 10 minutes for the rest of the time he's planting his crop. He'll go from field to field thinking about what he needs to do to maximize yields in each of those fields. And whether or not he follows all your recommendations exactly, he will be conscious of what he's doing and not doing. No other customer contact that brief brings along with it that kind of long-lasting power. That's why visiting planners is a vital part of the buyer's experience. All right, planning customer experience. A strategy when sales reps visit customers at planting to ensure their products are being planted properly while getting their customers out of the egg cycle. That's the goal. Now, there's some protocols we follow when we, when we do this. Get the customer out of the egg cycle, speak the 21st century production language, or we're going to talk about here shortly. Understand the top five facts producing a top crop. Understand the process of following planners. Prepare plan, uh, planning customer story and role play practicing the planner customer story. All right. So on page, top of page 39, get the customers out of the egg cycle. Define the egg cycle. What farmers always do when they've always done it. That's the egg cycle. What farmers always do when they've always done it. As long as you're stuck in the egg cycle, yesterday we said you can't control your business. He decides when he wants to buy, what he wants to buy, and what he wants to pay. So here's an example of how it works. <clears throat> My grandfather picked corn by hand. My grandfather farmed back in the 20s and 30s. Um, and he, they obviously planted open pollinated corn, and they picked the corn by hand. Little small open pollinated corn, small plants, with little small ears on them. But uh, they picked it by hand with a team of horses. You can see there's a bang board there. 
So when they pulled it off the stock, they threw it against the bang board so it didn't miss the wagon. This is called a thumb hook for picking corn by hand. My wife passed away about nine years ago to leukemia. We were cleaning the house out and doing a bunch of stuff. We found a palm hook and a thumb hook my dad had given me um, that his, he and his grandpa used, his, his dad used to use. My dad would help him pick corn when he was a teenager. And that's a thumb hook. They hook it around the shank and pull it off and they, they throw it in the wagon. They put the corn in the crib to dry until spring. And then they, my grandpa would go out uh, in the spring and pick out the largest ears and shell them off by hand with a hand sheller. So little did my grandpa know he was creating the egg cycle. Because this is when he um, went out and selected his ears, January, February, March, planted in May, took care of the crop during the summertime, and harvested, and then took, selected his crop again, selected his varieties again, he can plant next year, selected out the seed. There's no varieties, just selected out the, the seed out of the, out of the corn crib. Because open pollinated, it wasn't hybrid. So this is the number one reason uh, for being at customers' planters, get them out of that cycle. So when you're caught in the egg cycle, here's what happens. You make your production plan um, sometime in this area. So your company says, what are you going to sell next year? <clears throat> By variety. <clears throat> we need to give our production plan to our production people or to our people who are suppliers who produce our seed. Tell them what we're going to produce. So you're finalizing that plan in January, February. Uh, they're doing the acre fi uh, finalizing in March. And they go to the field and they plant that crop that you're going to sell in 2020. Or, excuse me, when you're going you're to plant in 2021. Your customers are going to plant 2021, a year from now. You're finalizing those acres right now. All right? But the farmer doesn't order until October, November, or December. So several months later, six to eight months later, he decides, and maybe even nine to ten months later, he decides what he wants to buy out of that plan that you did six to nine months earlier. Doesn't match up. So production doesn't match sales. Inventory never matches sales. And no idea what returns are going to be. We get him out of the egg cycle. We, we do our production plan. We start selling off that plan by doing cropping plans starting in April, May, June, July, or any time through this process. We're doing cropping plans with growers. When he's on his combine, we're simply finalizing that plan. Inventory matches sales. And then all we do here is prepare to visit planters. We know what our returns are going to be. They match sales. And all we're going to do now is visit, get ready to visit planters. It's so simple. It's so easy. And it helps the company out. So what all I say is, how would your life change um, if, if, if you did that? How would your, your job change? So I had a guy from Canada call me up. Um, one day, he's a real good friend of mine. I work with a, some large, large retails in Canada, and he's he's the uh, manager of one of the uh, retail locations. It's a hundred million dollar location, pretty decent sized location. And he called me up. He said, "Hey, you know anybody in the U.S. wants to come up here and make some money? I need some people." He says, "It's January, spring's coming up. I'm going to need some people." I said, "What's your problem?" He said, "Well, I need people. Okay, we're going to crush time." He said. Uh, spring spring will be coming. We need a lot of people to, to make everything work. And she said, I'm, I'm willing to pay them well. I said, what's your problem? He said, I told you what my problem is. I need people. No, I said, you didn't tell me what your problem was. He said, what's the matter with you? I said, you didn't tell me what your problem is. I said, do your people, do your salespeople visit planters in the spring or drills in the spring? No. 
I said, what would happen if just half of your growers that you sell to had their cropping plans done six months earlier? Oh, man, it'd be a lot of changes. Yeah, you wouldn't need people, would you? Wouldn't need any more people. Because why do you need more people? Because the farmers are making things so late, you've got to get all these people together and try to cover your butt and get all this stuff done for farmers who put off ordering, put off planning, all this kind of stuff put off. If you know those acres in advance, you could line things up, it would change your entire life. You wouldn't need any people, any more people. So the, sale, the egg cycle is the number one problem facing every egg company today. It will put every seed company out of business if they don't have income outside of agriculture. If the farmer, does, if we don't change what he does. I don't care how big you are, I don't care how successful you are, they'll put you out. We've witnessed this in so many industries. So many industries way ahead of us in these kinds of Just look at the food industry. Look at the Walmart style of business. Look at, look at Amazon. Look at what they're doing. So we're not immune to this. Farmers are like, they get more like society. They want it all. They want to control it. And they want the cheapest price. How are you going to compete? Well, we know how to compete. We have a solution for this. As long as you go with product and price and programs and technologies, you'll be dead. They'll kill you. Because you can't compete with that. You can't compete with an Amazon. You've got to do something different. Now, my son was just in here. Um, and he's, got, he's on some, working on some major projects. He actually brought his gigantic screen along. He's been in his room all day yesterday and today working on some projects we're working on. But um, over Christmas time, they're always trying to figure out what to give me for Christmas. I said, I don't need anything for Christmas. I got everything I need. But they always do. Like I have three kids, two girls and a boy, and they always get together and say, okay, Dad, we're going to do something. So this year, there's a, place, there's a small town here called Shakopee. Shakopee's a suburb of, of uh, Minneapolis here. And <clears throat> years ago, there was a store in Sioux Falls South called, called Norman's Menswear. I bought my wedding suit at Norman's, and I got married in 1972. So you're talking, you know, 48 years ago. I, bought my, I got married, I got, we got our wedding, my, my suit I got married in at Norman's. And I, Norman's just went out of business this last year. They just finally closed the doors. I could go to Norman's and get Terry. Terry was the guy who'd been there all those years. We call him, I call him my FIS, my first impression specialist. I would go down there, and he would dress me up and just take care of everything, bring stuff out, lay it all out. I walked out of there so happy because I had all these clothes that I needed to wear, and he picked them all out. Well, they closed. Well, Tom just found this place in Shakopee that does the same thing. We can't find them, but the tall man, they can fit, they can fit anything you want. They got all the sizes I need. They, custom, they tailor, uh, tailor everything. It's called Bill's Toggery. It's just an amazing store. They're not a Walmart. They're not a Target. They're not a low-priced place. They're expensive as hell. But boy, do you get good stuff. They custom design. They, they build you a suit. They'll do all these kind of things. So you either do what they're doing or you do something different. Same here. You can do this. If you do what we're talking about in the, in the blueprint, you can get them out of the egg cycle, and they'll follow you, and they'll stay with you, and you can stay in the business. But if you don't, 
I can guarantee you, they'll kill you. They'll kill you. Okay, keep killing companies. We used to have 400 seed companies. Where'd they go? They refused to change. Welcome to this episode of Seed Seller Academy Podcast, sponsored by the Seed Seller Blueprint Live, number one program on how to sell to farmers. We teach salespeople how to make selling easier than ever before. We show them how to take price, the need for programs, and the need for proof of performance out of the conversation and get the producers to not just buy, but follow their lead. As smart as today's farmers are, things are changing so fast, they don't know what they don't know. So not only do we make selling easier, we show sellers how to help farmers raise higher yields than they ever thought possible or could do on their own. This episode is also brought to you by the Sales Handling Objection Playbook. How do you respond when a farmer says you got beat by 20 bushels this year? Do you have any test plot data? It's too early to order. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. Or my personal favorite, I can save $40,000 in seed costs by buying your competitor's seed cheaper. The Handling Sales Objection Playbook gives salespeople a step-by-step process, including word-for-word scripts on how to handle the most common comments and objections farmers give salespeople who call on them. Just go to the rcthomas.com playbook to purchase this exclusive training tool today. We don't teach the old way of doing things. We teach the 21st century way farmers buy. We're the only source for that kind of information. 